Welcome to Let's Get Writing, the podcast that explores the creative process of writing from books, scripts, plays, and poems to songs and blogs. This series focuses on authors, publishers, and artists. Catherine's guests share their process of writing in all its forms. Listen along to discover the personal journeys behind their work. Explore options from indie to traditional publishing and learn tips and secrets to inspire you. Welcome to Let's Get Writing. Welcome to Let's Get Writing. I'm Katherine Taylor. Let's Get Writing is a show all about writing in all its magnificent forms. Our guests are here to tell their stories behind the stories they write. And whether you're a writer, a reader, a publisher, a fan, I hope that we'll have something here that you will enjoy. Now, today, my guest is a former radio broadcaster and journalist, and she's from Grand Falls, Windsor, which is actually where I am right now. This is where I come from and where the show broadcasts. She was uh, first published uh, in the Engine Books compilation, Light Dark, in 2010. And very interesting, many authors do get a start in compilations, which is where, if you're not familiar, they publish with a number of other authors. And it's a great way to break in. Now, Sarah currently owns and operates uh, the Newfound Family Drama Company, for which she writes the shows. And I have to say that the apple certainly doesn't fall far from the tree, because her father is John Thompson, who was a co-founder of Queen Street Dinner Theatre here in central Newfoundland. And he's the artistic director now, and I think he has another title too. I'm sure he has a lot of titles. But uh, so Sarah seems to be continuing that tradition. And she's a big fan of community theater scene, and she can often be found performing and directing with the off-Broadway players in Cornerbrook. And she lives there in Cornerbrook with her wife and their dog, Roger. I love that name, (laughs) Roger. Uh, Welcome, Sarah Thompson. I'm going to bring you up, and uh, it's such a pleasure to have you here. And come on. There we go. Hi. Hi. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure. We're three hours apart by car, <laughs> roughly two and a half. And I understand uh, you've got some decent snow over there in Corner Brook now. Yeah, we hadn't had any, and now it's uh, up to your waist over here. So it's, uh, it's been a challenge. <laughs> it has its moments when you have a year like this. But, you know, I I, uh, I love Corner Brook, and one of my favorite places on the island is spent so much time there with the kids when they were growing up. And I've been, you know, cross-country skiing there, downhill skiing there. It's just so much to do. So, but enough about Corner Brook. We want to talk about you, <laughs> Sarah. Um, I was looking at your your background and your bio, and it's so interesting. And since we're approaching Valentine's Day, and I wore red for that reason, <laughs> I thought it might be nice to have another romance writer on the show. And romances, or certainly writing with a strong romantic element, is what I do. And uh, you write you write romance as well. You've got one book published, The Love of Summer, and a second book coming out, The Love of Julia. So tell me a little bit. How did you end up in romance? I know how I got here, but how did you get there? Well, I do every, almost everything I do is by accident. Uh, I'll be completely honest. I, uh, I got laid off from my job, and I had always really wanted to write a novel. Uh, and I sat down, and I started to write one, and I realized I was writing a romance. Uh, which hadn't really occurred to me as as a genre to to pick up on, but I had a short story that I'd written many years ago that I thought would be turned into a great novel, and 
and it turns out that it was romance novels. So I, I just figured that uh, if I could put one on paper, then, you know, we should uh, try and continue in that genre because it was such an empty market as well. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it was nice to to be able to to put something out there that I knew people were looking for. That's 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 wonderful. Sarah, when you when you had that first you had the first draft and you were putting it into the book, what kind of uh, time period were you looking at to get all that uh, together? <laughs> so it actually took me about six weeks to write the first draft of the first novel um, and about six months after that to do the majority of the editing and, and those kinds of things before I felt prepared to to send it off to, to see if anybody would be interested in publishing it. Interesting, because that's a pretty short timeline, in my opinion, and lots of times it can take a lot longer. So you must have been pretty dedicated to the process. Yeah, it, I, I treated it as my day job. It became what I did every day, eight hours a day. And, uh, you know, just to make sure that the words got on the page and I had the time to do so uh, while I was in a lull with not working at, the, at that point. Right. And Sarah, when you say you treated it like your 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 day job and so on, how does that day look like for you? Like, are you someone that writes early in the morning? Do you write late into the night? What's your What's your favorite? I'm kind of a nine to five person. I, I like to get up and start first thing in the morning, go back and see where I left off the day before and spend the majority of my morning making notes on, on what I've worked on. Uh, and then the afternoon is usually when I start putting more words on the page and, and uh, trying to get my, my word count for that day in. Uh, so that I make the pro- progress that I need to to make deadlines at this point. But uh, yeah, so it's a, mostly a nine to five. I'm, if I write in the nighttime, it's kind of I scribbled something on a piece of paper um, more so than I sit down and actual uh, plug away at the at the document. Absolutely. Okay, absolutely. And Sarah, are you one of those people who works from a, an outline? Are you a pantser? Are you a planner? What, you I know? am. I am totally a planner. I am very much about the outline. And sometimes my characters have other ideas and uh, mm-hmm. they like to take me away from my outline a little bit. Um, but that that's the point where I'll sit down and I'll revamp my outline because I realize that, you know, this is probably something that works better than what I had originally planned. But uh, I'll still plan from from there to the end. And uh, I find if I don't, I can't find the end. So it's very much about the planning stage, even chapter by chapter sometimes to uh, to get the from point A to point B. It's pretty interesting because basically if you go to the airport and say you want to go somewhere and they, they are going to ask you where you want to go, <laughs> I always think of that. And they go, well, I'm not sure. Uh, well, I'm sorry, man, we can't sell you a ticket. You know, and similarly with writing, if you don't know where you're going to go, I think it's that much harder. And although I, I, I have written a few manuscripts and I haven't always had that strong outline, but I think as a result of that, it took me a lot longer. I mean, do, do you see that kind of benefit from working with an outline? Oh, absolutely. So, I mean, it doesn't necessarily mean the project starts with an outline. It might start with an idea and I sit down and write a few chapters even before I, I flesh out the full outline. Um, but if I don't, I'm definitely, i pandering through a lot of it because it's, you don't know what your ultimate destination is. You're right. You can't, you can't buy a ticket to nowhere. So you got, <laughs> you got to figure out what you want the end result to be, I think, before, uh, before you get there or you just kind of flounder through it. Right. Yeah. I got to say it, Sarah, at these days in particular, you can't buy no ticket to nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> here we sit in Newfoundland doing lots of writing along with other uh, other writers here and it's phenomenal how rich the culture here is for writing I, I still am amazed I'm still amazed 
And I want to talk more about writing, but I just have to do this, uh, go back to this point, because your father is John Thompson, and he's certainly well known in central Newfoundland. And you had to have grown up in a, an interesting household, because with Queen Street Dinner Theatre, I think it started in 1997, and, and it's just been around for so long, and it's tough times right now for all theatre like that. But I noted that, uh, you know, you've also gone in that direction as well with din a dinner theatre. And I mean, how did, you know, how did growing up in that kind of environment influence you? I, I grew up in a very creative household. I will say that um, there was lots of, of um, I guess, um, emphasis put on on having a creative outlet and, and being able to do those kinds of things and the importance of the arts. Um, I was a much older when, when dad actually started uh, Queen Street. Um, I was actually in the last couple of years of high school. So I was... Uh, I wasn't around it as much as my brother was. He kind of grew up in the theater. Um, but in watching like the way that it developed and grew and became such a, a community-driven thing as well, because the whole community gets behind it. Uh, mm -hmm. So when I was looking for something to do here, I realized that we don't have something like that in Quarterbrook. And we don't have a lot of options for people uh, coming from out of town. We get bus tours that come here and they have you know, they, they don't have anything to offer them when they arrive. So I thought the idea of uh, doing something similar to that here to give that kind of choice and, and to hopefully bring the community together to get the small businesses working together and those kinds of things in order to uh, develop something that we can look at and say to people who come here, like, look what we have to offer you. Here's just original theater. Here's kids who are going to theater school who have an opportunity to stay here and have a job uh, when they're when they're off for the summer and those kinds of things, uh, that it would really be a nice thing, not just for me as a person wanting to be involved in theater, but for, you know, the community as a whole. Yeah, and, and I mean, it has had that amazing opportunity here in Central for kids to come back who are studying music, theater, and so on, and um, even adults here in the community to be involved in it. And I think in Newfoundland, if you were to check, there's quite a few community theater projects like this, and they've been very popular with tourists. So, you know, hopefully that audience comes back again someday soon, and this can keep going. So you're also writing some of the plays as well. So it's not yes. just fiction, you're, you're writing some theater. Yeah, so the, um, the shows that we've done to date, I actually have written all of. Um, we've been closed for a little while, obviously, with uh, with the pandemic happening and with all the borders being closed. It's really hard to run a tourism-based business when there are no tourists. Um, but yeah, so I, I write the shows that, that takes a couple of days and do some workshopping with them. With my, I'm very fortunate to have some excellent friends who are more than willing to sit down and read an original piece of theater with me. And um, it's, it's a completely different way of working to write a, a stage show like that. Um, but it's it's same as, as any kind of genre. It's very formu formulaic. So if you understand the way the process works, then it just becomes, you know, how do I get from point A to point B? Yeah. And those plays are kind of like that. And uh, it seems to me like you have very much that kind of logical mind that can tap into these these things. Would you well, describe yourself that way? <laughs> uh, a little, I guess. I, mean, I, um, I made it a lot of fun when I was first writing uh, my first novel. I spent many, many, too many hours watching Hallmark movies because they have the formula for romance down to a science. There are basically three ways you get from point A to point B. 
and the only thing different is the people involved and the steps they take to get there are are very much similar in in every single Hallmark movie you'll ever watch. So once I broke down the way that that formula works and and the fact that there are basically three formulas to it, it was it made it easier for me to outline what I wanted to happen and how to get there without feeling too much like it's a trope, but enough that you still feel the flow of how it should work. So I guess, yeah, my brain does kind of work on a, on a logical Yeah, <laughs> no, you know, and it's great because you're right. I mean, these movies, and this is one of the criticism that criticisms that we sometimes hear about romance. Well, it's always the same. But, you know, we beg to differ, I think, because, I mean, the characters are the characters. The storylines are different. And so it's not all the same, but it's similar to, like, your favorite pair of jeans or your favorite shirt. Sometimes that's what you want. You know, you don't want to have to sit there and work your brain too much. You want you want a story that's enjoyable, well put together, um, you know, familiar in some ways. And I think that, you know, there's a lot to be said for that genre. Absolutely. And it's like any genre, they all have their their formulas and the way that you kind of need to take these steps to get from the from point A to point B. Um, and if you don't, then it feels empty or like something's missing from it. So I, I guess that when I pick up a book, if I don't feel the flow of that formula, then I you kind of wonder, well, do I really want to finish reading this because it feels like it's not going anywhere? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So fo following those formulas without turning them into a, a carbon copy of everything else is really the, the key and how I try to focus my, my work. Well, you know, Sarah, this sounds like the makings of a good workshop. <laughs> Might be my first Let's Get Writing uh, online uh, workshop, and I might be asking you to be part of it. <laughs> but I, I want to just jump on this a little more because I did want to talk to you about this genre of romance writing. And just, you know, based on that, I looked up uh, to see what's out there on the Internet about it. And I have to just say that the market is huge and global and there are more than 70 million people and i have it's a usa stat but in the usa alone 70 million who read at least one romance they read at least one romance novel per, per year and most of them read many more and uh, if you take someone like nora roberts who's one of the most successful i mean she's been translated into 33 languages and distributed on six continents so you can't argue with it. with that it's hugely popular yeah and it's nice to to it's a huge stat to, to to 70 million people in the u.s alone i mean uh when you look at at, at those kinds of numbers it, then it comes down it, i guess in my my life i write lesbian romance so but when you break that down and you look at what's available in that subgenre, you find that there's very little and with people looking so much so to see themselves represented in their television in their movies and their even in their romance books um it felt like a great opportunity to give people what they like to read but to allow them to see themselves in it as well yeah and i wanted to talk to you about that because there are many subgenres in romance and i looked up a little bit on the lesbian fiction genre and it's it i had heard about it before and but i think it is relatively new but it's uh, as i understand it's a hugely growing popular genre right now it is growing in a big way yeah which is really nice i mean i think about um a lot when i was growing up um, not being able to find myself represented really anywhere. So if I turned on the television or, or found a movie that uh, had some sort of representation, it 
made a difference to how I felt about it. It could have been the worst movie on the planet and I've probably seen it 30 times <laughs> because for once I'm seeing myself reflected in my media. Um, so as I got older, of course, I looked for that more and more and um, couldn't find a lot of places to be represented to, to and, and to be represented positively without some of the nasty tropes that happen and, and the nasty pitfalls that people fall into when they're writing LGBT characters. So that was the other part of this is that I wanted to give people a little slice of themselves, um, something where they can see a positive reflection of a relationship between two women and how that can be as normalized and as simple as any other relationship that you see um, walking down the street. Uh, just to, to really reflect on the fact that it doesn't have to be about their sexuality. It can just be a story. Mm -hmm. and romance. Yeah, and, and in reading your book, um, actually, I'm just going to uh, bring the name. I, the one I read was um, The Love of Summer. And that's that was my feeling in reading it, was that it was just a good story. It was, I mean, not just a good story. I know what it takes to make just a good story. But it was a, a good story about relationships between people and trying to find themselves and, you know, and, and how they were going to be together. Um, and I mean, then you had a lot of other elements in it too that make for a good book. And I'm, I can't give that away because <laughs> we want people to read the book. So I'm not going to do that. But I mean, you, it made for an interesting story. It wasn't on one level. You had all kinds of things happening there. And um, and I think that's I think that's it. It's when people can find literature that they relate to. And that's perhaps why it's grown because for so long, th these things were just not there. The books weren't there. People weren't writing. And I'm sure we're going to see a lot more from this subgenre coming up, but you've certainly, I mean, you're in the right place at the right time. If I can say that, how's it, how, what, what's growth been like? What, you know, what are people saying? What's happening? Tell us. It's uh, surreal is actually how I feel about it. Um, I talked to my publisher, uh, on the regular and get updates about how things are going with with the, actually both books now. Um, but when when the love of summer dropped last January, it was overwhelming. Is is not even a big enough word. Um, I was getting every other day updates about hundreds of people uh, reading this or, or buying it, and like even my friends and people around me who uh, were able to get physical copies from me have just had so much. Um, such such beautiful things to say about the fact that I got across what I wanted to get across, that it's just a better relationship. And it's just about people who love each other, who have to find a way to be together. And it doesn't, nothing else about it really matters. Um, so it's just, uh, yeah, it's still, it, it continues to be surreal that uh, it's even out there and that I wound up in this place in my life. But uh, I, I wouldn't take it back. I'll say that much. Yeah, well, I'm I'm so happy that you're seeing such success with it. And now the love of Julia, or is Julia right or Julie? I hope I have it right, Julia. Yeah, yeah. You have it right. <laughs> okay. And now this one is out, and which I haven't had a chance to to read yet. But um, I want to talk a little bit about your publisher, Engine Books. I had Matthew Ledrew on the show a couple of weeks ago, and I really enjoyed my time with him and uh, learned a lot about how that publisher has grown and what they're doing. But my sense of that publisher and of Matthew is that they're giving voice to a lot of new voices and um, you know, they're taking chances on people. 
And so how did you end up at Engine Books? Um, well, I, I joined, I get, well, we can go back a really long way and uh, start with the fact that I met Matt when I was going to journalism school in Stephenville. We actually went to school together uh, and became quite good friends at that stage. Mm -hmm. And for a long time, he bothered me about, you should do some more writing, you know, and get involved with that. So I, I wrote a piece for the Light Dark compilation back in 2010 for him. Um, and then when he, he, they moved on from it just being him putting together compilations and things to uh, a full board and all those kinds of things. And uh, I happened to be uh, in meetings with um, part of the Writers' Alliance of Newfoundland Labrador, part of their board. Um, and I through that met some other members of his board uh, and passed along my book to them saying, you know, I'd love it if you guys would give this a read. Um, I got some immediate reaction back from them talking about how, you know, let's, let's do something with this. Let's get it published. Um, I did submit to a couple of other publishers and, and got some positive feedback from them as well about being interested in, in publishing. But because I knew Matt personally, and I knew that he would take the time to market me even as a new writer, someone who's not established and, and who maybe isn't um, a name that anyone's going to recognize, that he'd still take the time to do the marketing and, and really push for, for it to be successful for me, which I think was probably the best choice I could have made. But um, in terms of, of making sure that uh, it wasn't just something that was going to land on the back shelf of some other publisher and, and maybe never go anywhere or, or mm -hmm. any, any readership. And that's such a great point because the writing of the book is one thing, the publishing is another. But then, like you say, to get it out there into the hands of readers is a huge job as well. And it's not all on the shoulders of the publishers either. There's a lot of responsibility on the writers. So, you know, what kinds of things are you have you been doing? So I've, because it's COVID and you can't really go out and do anything, I've, I, I basically, uh, my first book launched and then we were three weeks later, we were in the middle of the pandemic. So I wasn't able to get out and do any of the things I would have liked to do uh, to be able to promote uh, in person. Uh, so I started doing some online readings and uh, through my author page, um, I did a couple of readings of my uh, the book that was out and I did uh, a reading of a, a I'll say an excerpt from the new one. Uh, and I, I continue to try to post on that page and through all my social medias to let people know, like I'm making an online appearance or I worked with my local library a number of times to, to make appearances uh, virtually with them. Um, and it really just, it helps to, to be interested in talking to people about the writing side of it, because even if this isn't a book that you think someone is, it, it's for them, um, they still get an opportunity to talk to somebody else about writing in the process and, and how it goes from an idea all the way to, to a book in your hands. Um, so I, I'd like to push that aspect of it as well um, mm -hmm. and, and make sure that people know that, okay, well, maybe you're not going to buy this particular book that I've written, but come out and let me talk to you about writing and, and talk about some other local authors that maybe you would like. So that's the other side of it is if you get, local authors to talk about you as well, uh, then you're going to see some some other sides of it and some growth from that perspective as well. 
Yeah, and there is a fair bit of networking that way, and that's a great approach. I mean, all those things you're doing. And you're right, it's a, it's a tough time right now. It's not the easiest time for anyone to launch anything. But I think it's driven people to this platform, and that's been a good thing. And one of, one of the reasons I've wanted to do this show is to get people used to coming here to find out about new authors or established authors and get a sense of what that lifestyle is like and how all this happens. Now, you mentioned WANL, the Writers Alliance of Newfoundland and Labrador, and you were involved with them, and I know you are. Let's just talk briefly about them um, and uh, let people know what you're doing there. So um, I am actually the Western Labrador representative on the board of directors for the Writers Alliance. Um, and these guys, I got to tell you, the people who volunteer to take part in this board are passionate about writing. They're passionate for writers and wanting to see them have success and give them opportunities uh, to, to grow as writers. Uh, there's a ton of excellent programs. If you're just starting out writing, there's mentorship programs. Uh, there are um, a number of different uh, uh, programs that will get an experienced author to read some of your work and give you feedback um, and and just a ton right now especially um, there's been a lot of funding provided to WANL for um, COVID relief so right now they have a ton of paid opportunities open for people to do ask me anythings uh, to do a workshop as a, a panelist to facilitate the ask me anythings they're looking for someone to do a master class right now uh, which is a huge um, undertaking and and uh, just trying to get money into the hands of writers and and to allow them to continue to work on their creative path, um, especially during this time where a lot of people are really struggling with it. Yeah, and we're, we are seeing that support to the arts. And, you know, there were announcements in the fall and, and hopefully it continues. And I think these will be good things. I'd love to believe that these things will never go away because this is what we've needed all the way along. Um, Sarah, I've got Facebook, Sarah Thompson author up there, and that's one of the great places where people can reach you. And um, like the new times, and a lot of people don't have web pages anymore. They actually do it a lot through Facebook, and I think that's your preferred platform. Yeah, Facebook, you can find me on Twitter as well, um, author S. Thompson. I believe is my handle. I just changed it last week. Um, and, uh, I, you know, I'm always open to talking to people about writing on either platform. And hopefully soon, someday I'll be out making public appearances again. Well, hopefully so. All right. Well, before we, we wrap uh, very quickly, anything you would have done differently? <laughs> no, I, I got super lucky. I was afforded the time to be able to do this. I might have written two or three before I started submitting so that I didn't feel like I had to. <laughs> to work so hard on the next ones but uh, otherwise it's just been a fantastic journey and uh, just so blessed to be on it amazing well sarah i wish you every success as you continue and i think you're going to have a long career um writing your books and and also i hear the passion in your voice when you talk about it. so you're certainly a good person to be involved with the Writers Alliance of Newfoundland and Labrador. And something that I've been thinking about doing is, along with these shows, is having some author reads 
on Catherine Taylor Media. So I did talk to you about that, and I hope we can work that out. And if people are watching, again, I'll just let them know that all these shows are carried on my YouTube channel at Catherine Taylor TV. And such things as I hope to integrate upcoming as author reads will be on there, and you can get a flavor for the author reading their book. And that's an amazing thing, too, because to hear an author read a book and um, to be part of that process is pretty cool. But again, Sarah, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show and wish you every um, luck with your future endeavors. And thanks for, for being here today. Thanks so much. Okay, have a, have a great day. Thanks so much for listening. We'd love to hear from you. So please let us know what you thought of this episode and share your ideas for future guests or topics. You can email us at letsgetwriting at katherinetaylor.ca. Don't forget to subscribe and even leave a review. If you love this episode, share it with a friend. Until next time, believe in yourself and let's get writing.